Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It definitely came from my own roots and my relationship to my culture in a non-conventional way. I grew up very much non-Latina. And so even though my parents spoke Spanish in the house, I grew up wanting to feel more American than really like be Latina and American. I felt like I had to pick one or the other. It wasn't until I grew up as an adult that I even considered, oh, maybe I should go check out my parents' culture, the country. When I did was when I really fell in love with something that I felt I had been missing my whole life. I got to travel to different countries in Latin America at the time. Honestly, I thought I would move to either Peru or Colombia because it was just so beautiful. And coming back to the U.S. just felt like something was missing. The idea actually came from a friend I had been traveling with. He had the idea of a cultural drinking game and I loved it. I was like, okay, well, I personally love games. I've never seen a drinking game have anything to do with Latino sayings. I would love to do something like that. And what excited me the most was two things. It was a game that was based in America, which meant that it would come in English, Spanglish. And two, it was generally Latino. And so that's where I actually started asking around, does your mom do this? Do you guys put the pots in the oven? Do you guys say this saying? And everyone just started like cracking up. That's where we all started realizing how many things we had in common. And that's where I was like, okay, we have something here. But I never thought it would become a whole business the way that it did. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. 
Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list, and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Carolina, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be here. Absolutely. Let's start off with an introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, so I'm Carolina Acosta. I'm the founder of Dragos Games, a tabletop game company that creates products for the Latino community. I'm a little bit of everything <laughs> within my company, but I'm mainly the game maker and designer. Okay, I have to ask, was this always part of your plan? Did you always set out to own a company that sells table games? Or like, what was the original vision? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun. I love what I do. And I've always liked games, I'd say. And I've always loved being creative. So I think the evolution or kind of this path in this direction is not really surprising. But my original plan was always to become eventually a senior graphic designer or an art director at fancy agency. I had these big Manhattan plans for myself. <laughs> because I never really grew up wanting the craziness that comes with being an entrepreneur. I always wanted more stability. Seeing my parents struggle, it's like, okay, well, I just want a good job and I'll be happy. And so it took a lot to accept the entrepreneur journey, but here we are. So are your parents entrepreneurs? No, they're, okay. <laughs> they are both immigrants and they came to New York. That's where they met. And They had a family early and always struggled, you know, either from different jobs or not having a job. And I felt like I never really had an issue with that. I loved my childhood, but seeing them struggle, I didn't want that for any of us. I wanted to help them. And so I always thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support my parents like us first gen do by having more stability than they did. Okay. So you went on to study fine arts, correct? Or tell me more about your academic background. I always leaned more towards the arts. I think that was always a passion I had since I was in, who knows, first grade. And I always wanted to do fine arts, but I went to an arts high school. And right around that time, 
you know, our teachers were preparing us for the real world. They were telling us, if you're going to go to college, you have to know what you're going to study. You have to know what your career plan is. And so I had a teacher tell me, why don't you try graphic design, learn to do Photoshop? And I jumped on that real quick, went into digital. And so I went to a fine arts college. I went to Parsons in, in, the, in Manhattan as well. And that's where I really took on graphic design. And that is what I ended up doing after graduating. So tell me the origin story of Tragos. You know, when I think of Latinos, I think of family get-togethers. I'm Puerto Rican, so dominoes are always there. We're playing card games. It's always a very communal experience. So the fact that you created a game that caters to us, I think is a brilliant idea. And I'd love to know more about what the origin story is. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah, it feels very random when you're like, okay, so what's this graphic designer doing with a <laughs> with a drinking game? It definitely came from my own roots and my relationship to my culture in a non-conventional way. I think I, I grew up very much non-Latina. And so even though my parents spoke Spanish in the house, I grew up wanting to feel more American and wanting to fit in with my classmates than really like just be Latina and American, I guess. I felt like I had to pick one or the other. And it wasn't until I grew up as an adult, was making money, was already in my career that I had the opportunity or I even considered like, oh, maybe I should go check out my parents' culture, the country. And when I did was when I really fell in love with something that I felt I had been missing my whole life. Like, wow. Latinidad is like beautiful. And I got to travel to different countries in Latin America at the time. This was one year before I started Tragos. And I just, I fell in love with it. I honestly, I thought I would move to either Peru or Colombia because it was just so beautiful. And coming back to the US, it just felt like something was missing. Like, okay, great. I'm back to being American. What What is this when, you know, a great majority of America is Latino anyway? So the idea actually came from a friend I had been traveling in Latin America with, and he had the idea of a cultural drinking game. And I loved it. I was like, okay, well, I, I personally love games. I've never seen a drinking game have anything to do with like Latino sayings or like anything. Yeah. I think of like frat parties and like beer pong. <laughs> yeah, which is what we play, you know, Cards Against Humanity, like yeah. things like that. So I was like, okay, well, I would love to do something like that. And what excited me the most was two things. It was a game that was based in America, which meant that it would come in English, Spanglish. And two, it was like generally Latino, not Colombian or Dominican or Puerto, you know, like it was everything. And so that's where I actually started thinking or asking around all my friends, other family members that were mixed and was asking about cards. Like, does your mom do this? Like, do you guys like put the oven, like the, the pots in the oven? Do you guys um, say this saying? And everyone just started like cracking up. And like, we, that's where we all started realizing how many things we had in common And that's where I was like, okay, we have something here. But I never thought it would eventually become a whole business the way that it did. 
Yeah. I love the accidental entrepreneurship stories because that's absolutely my story too. And one that I found is very common, especially among like first gen entrepreneurs. We're kind of just like, we had this brilliant idea and like all of a sudden you got a whole ass business. So tell me about how that started for you. Like when did you actually start, you know, thinking about, okay, I need to produce a card set and how am I going to get this in stores? Like what was that whole journey like for you? So my friend that had come up with the idea was very much like involved. Like he's, he was also like a first time entrepreneur. He didn't really know what he was doing, but he was figuring it out. So when we had created our games at the same time, he was always like one step ahead of me. And so I was, you know, it was all brand new to me. He said, you know, make your product, make your logo, put it on a website, see what people say. Like, will it get traction? Post a few like social media posts and ads. And I was just following directions. I'm like, okay, let me get real creative. He said, do this. Cool, cool, cool. We did it. And within a month, we started seeing like people's reactions to ads that we were running on like Facebook and Instagram. I didn't even have a product. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to do this. This is just like a fun little design exercise. But once we people actually started pre-ordering them, I was like, okay, wait, I actually have to make it now. <laughs> and make this a real thing. And that's where we actually started getting serious with the development, testing the cards out, making sure that they were all as general as possible. So we'd reach everybody. And yeah, I think within, with 200 pre-orders, I ordered my first 500 units and it was all learning process. It was just, okay, how do I order? Where do I order? How do I set up design files? It was easy on the design and production side, because that was something I already had experience with. Everything else was just like trial and error. I love the kind of flying by the seat of your pants and just build it as we go. Because honestly, I think what stops a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs is like the idea that they have to have everything figured out. And I think when you talk to people who've actually done this, it's kind of like, nah, you know, I'm just putting one foot in front of the other and uh, we're going to figure shit out and eventually it's going to work out. <laughs> So yeah. would you say that was your experience for sure? Exactly. I tell anybody, it's like, nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> I've talked to like CEOs of really big companies. They don't know what they're doing. Like no. <laughs> everyone's just kind of like figuring it out. Like, <laughs> So I'm curious, how do you think that your personal skill set as a graphic designer has helped your business, right? Because I think a lot of people will kind of compartmentalize their professional skill set and not really necessarily be able to translate those into some sort of entrepreneurial venture. And I think you actually have, you know, a really cool skill set that has probably helped you accomplish much more on your own than you probably could if you had to like outsource design, for example. Yeah, that's true. I, I'd say I take design very seriously because it is my craft, but I would also say it is a bit of a crutch for an entrepreneur. So I think entrepreneurs have to at least have like a vision, a plan, and a good eye for talent. And one thing that I've always had a struggle with is finding the right people to take a load off of everything that a first-time business owner would do. And I end up doing still a lot of it, and especially design. It's very hard to let go of design, but I'd say it is very helpful. Any skill set that you have is helpful when you're first starting off because you, you have zero dollars. The good thing is a business requires all kinds of skills. So, yeah. Yeah. The ones that you don't currently have, you will eventually acquire because you're just going to have to at some point. Yeah, exactly. 
So tell me how the business has grown since launching in 2019. Like what's been your biggest highlight and maybe your biggest struggle so far? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's crazy how time flies. It's We're going to make five years in February and... I just feel like we started last month. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the longest time. And also it's just like, how has this much time passed? Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird, but it's definitely been a roller coaster. You know, when we first started, we kind of got lucky or I guess with the timing, it was a great market fit as we're doing well at the time. This was pre-COVID and we kind of went viral in that first year. Um, six months in, I went from, you know, those 500 units to an order of like 10,000. And it was just nonstop hectic. I had to scale. I hired randomly and, you know, we just shot straight up. And then COVID kind of shot us even more into the sky because that was the time where people wanted more at-home entertainment. So it was actually good times for us, but I had no idea what was coming, you know, what's a post-COVID world look like with recession scares and that economy. I wasn't really ready. And so we were making a lot, but also spending a lot at not Mm. really having a plan. And so that was kind of our dip. And just this year, we've kind of like found our footing again. And it's the biggest milestone we've hit so far has definitely been our target launch, which was two months ago. Congrats. That's major. Yeah. Two, two games in store right now. And it's, I can finally say like, okay, I'm proud. I know we did something right here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important that you are highlighting the idea that like entrepreneurship is absolutely a roller coaster ride and you're going to have times of abundance and you're going to have times of famine. So how do you navigate those times when things are looking a lot less profitable than they were in the past? Like what have you personally had to do? I try to block it out of my mind and never think about it again. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) It's a little traumatizing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I do always want to talk about it actually, because a lot of people don't and they only see the successes, you know, online. And I'd say 2021 was a very dark year for us. And we didn't talk about it because it was kind of a dark world. Everything was still trying to go back to normal we are the the party game, you know, like party company. Everybody knows us as like, come to our accounts and play our games to have a good time. So we were never going to be really talking about all the stuff that was going on in the background. It was constantly trying to figure out how to continually pay my team's hours, having to cut people entirely, having to hire and replace others. And this was at the time I was working with just friends and family, So this was really hard for me. I did not know what I was doing. And then we had also racked up a lot of debt in 2020, thinking that we were going to continue the buildup. So end of 2020, we bought shit ton of inventory. And 2021, the markets just slowed down. So now we're paying for a ton of storage. 
inventory is just sitting there and I just didn't know what to do to like keep, you know, you constantly have to keep spending to make money. But when you're dry from, you know, your marketing budgets, what do you do? And so you're kind of scraping by every day and it's just constantly trying to find something new that does work and then repeat that. But for a long time, <laughs> things just weren't working. We we're just kind of scraping by. So I think one of the biggest things I'm proudest of is actually just staying in business because I think that's a big deal. Yeah. And you've actually like not paid yourself, right? So in order to kind of keep you guys financially solvent, one of the decisions you had to make was relying on your skill set as a graphic designer and kind of bringing back that as a side hustle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing graphic design for the past two years. And I mentioned, yeah, hopefully this is the last year I have to do that. Yeah. But you gotta, you know, you gotta put your business first. You gotta reinvest in it. And so you as the business owner have to make those cuts because you can work for yourself, but other people are going to work for free for you mm -hmm. unless you just get interns. And even then you got to know like where to invest besides yourself. If you can help it, a yeah. lot of people still run their business and have their full-time jobs, which is also okay. What made you not want to take like investor money or like start selling off parts of your company in order to fund it? Right. Cause that's one avenue that people will consider, but obviously that means giving up ownership. I've had like my learning curve there. I've learned a lot since then. When we were doing well was probably the time that we should have been like, hey, let's raise money. I think we have a lot of traction here. Then would have been the time to go on Shark Tank or, you know, look for investors. You don't think like, hey, I need money. Let me raise it when we're in the dirt because investors are just going to take advantage of that. You do not want someone to invest when your value is so low. And so I'm not against it. I just don't think it's been the right time and mindset for my business so far. And from the perspective of, you know, having to come back to your regular job and like fund your business from that perspective after seeing success, how do you not get discouraged to the point that you actually like just quit? Right. Because I think a lot of people could just be like, you know what? It was nice while it lasted. This is fucking stressful. I don't want to keep doing this. Let me just go back to the stable paycheck. What helps you keep going? I think my biggest daydream is the stable paycheck. I think that just sounds so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> nice to know what's coming in every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think about it a lot. Lately, not so much because things are definitely looking up. But in the dark days, which everyone will have, I think the biggest thing that kept me going was knowing that I had something that just was so unique. I still feel passionate about it. And it's not something that's just my own. If it was like a little passion project that, you know, if only me and my friends were playing this game, be like, all right, let's call it quits. It was fun. Let's go be grownups now. <laughs> but the way that it's, <laughs> the way that it's been accepted into the community and celebrated and the way that I see so many people having fun and like sending me messages saying, you know, I feel seen, I feel, you know, this product actually represents me, you know, both sides, that dual identity. That's so important. And not a lot of products do that. And it is a fun game and I've had fun just running the business. So I think I just feel passionate enough to know like, okay, worst case, I'm not homeless yet. <laughs> I don't have kids that are relying on me just yet. I always think, what's the worst case scenario? What's the breaking point that my business has to get to? 
that I say, okay, let's call it quits. And I never really reached the final breaking point. So I was like, all right, let's just, let's just keep going. Let's, let's see what six more months does. And slowly but surely we've turned it around. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's an important lesson that you're not always going to have the rainbows and unicorns in this entrepreneurial journey, but just accepting that there are going to be those peaks and valleys, I think is important. And also just having backup plan. The worst case scenario for most of us as entrepreneurs is like going back to a regular nine to five job. So when you think about that, is it really that bad? Yeah, it's not bad. Like it's nothing to like really cry about, you know, it's like, okay, we'll be fine no matter what, you know, as long as you give it your best shot, then you won't feel bad about the failure because you did the best you could do. But I would hate to quit something without seeing it fully through until it actually bombed. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think that's a little bit of the stubbornness that is inherent to us as Latinas. We have a lot of patience. <laughs> and a little bit of pride, I guess. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, you know, obviously part of the journey of being an entrepreneur is being able to channel that creativity that helps you come up with ideas because now Tragos is not the only product offering that your company has now. You have a new game called Get Loud. So, where do you get the inspiration for this stuff, right? I think a lot of people want to know like how the heck do we channel our creativity to come up with these brilliant ideas? Well, I, I definitely just fell into the niche of games. And I've started to get way more strategic, just kind of being in this industry for this much time now. So we started off with Dragos just because we naturally, or we as in me, (laughs) naturally loved like the concept of drinking games or, or party games. And then kind of scaling or looking at our product line, I was like, okay, do I want to keep making more Dragos games, which we did for a few years. And now we're kind of in a position to really tap into the market and see, okay, well, now it's not just like, hey, let's make fun drinking games. It's let's make games that really represent our community in spaces that they've never seen themselves. So Get Loud was a good example of a game that completely spun off, totally different from Tragos, but it targeted children and older parents, which Tragos doesn't really And so we wanted to reach a wider audience and give them something that they didn't have. For example, myself, when I was a kid, I never really talked to my grandma because she had no patience for my English and I was too scared to talk to her in Spanish. (laughs) And kids nowadays are feeling a little bit more comfortable, like parents are trying to be more bilingual in the house and it's okay to speak both languages. So this game, Get Loud, is like a guessing game that now kids could play with their grandparents if they want to in both languages. So it kind of makes it less scary than just like Spanish class or like just only speak Spanish in the house. And so that's what we're doing with more of our products. Like, okay, where else do we want to see ourselves in games in particular? And that's where we're positioning like the Tragos company. But then as far as like Latinos in general, I think we have so many opportunities right now where rising in numbers there's still such a lack of representation across industries that I feel like we can all literally pick something, anything we're interested in or passionate about and find that one hole that's missing for our demographic or our market. Got it. So this Get Loud game is almost like, is it like charades where you're getting a card and then you have to act things out and then basically you can give the answer in English or Spanish? Yes, exactly. That's friggin' brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. 
<laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can act it out or you can also describe it. So you can describe it in English or Spanish. You know, it depends who's playing. You can use it as a an educational tool. So normally you play it with a one-minute timer, so it's more competitive. You play with teams or you can take out the timer and then you're just like, Uh, practicing either describing a word or you're just like, again, playing casually with whoever in either language. Amazing. Okay. So it's, I know it's no small feat to get your product in target. So give us some insight into what that process looks like and where did you get the ganas to even pursue something like that? Because I think a lot of people would just be like, I'm not even going to bother trying to do that shit. That's crazy. (laughs) I know. Right. I'm like trying to think like, wait, who did say that? (laughs) Honestly, I can't even take credit for it because I remember when people would ask like, oh, are you in Target or Walmart? I'm like, no, (laughs) you can find us in our like tiny little e-commerce website. That's it. And it was doing well. Like, honestly, I thought we would just stay that way. And I also didn't think at the time that a big store company would take our games because it was so niche. I was like, oh, you know, like it doesn't speak to the masses. So are they going to pick it up? I didn't want to bother. And it was actually my cousin who still works with me. You see her on like our TikToks and Instagrams uh, feed. She does more of the marketing. And she always said, I'm going to get us into Target. I'm going to get us into Target. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that means. I guess with the buzz, with like our ads and social media at the time, this was a conversation that happened in 2021, we met someone from their diversity and inclusion team. And she reached out because her boyfriend had bought Dragos. He was like, Hey babe, you know, you should check this out. Maybe it's a good fit for target for your company. And so she reached out and wanted to get the scoop on us. Who are you guys? Where are you manufacturing? If target said, Hey, we want your product. Would you be ready to fulfill a say 20,000 unit order? And we were like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Like, no idea. (laughs) But we're like, we will make it happen. Whatever you guys say we need to do, we'll do it. Which wasn't really lying. It was just like, we knew we were capable. So she kind of prepped us for about a year. You know, we just stayed in touch. She's like, all right, make sure you have a pitch deck. Make sure you know your numbers, your margins. Like, make sure that if we hit you up tomorrow with an opportunity to speak to a buyer, you'll have everything you need to convince them. And so later that year, we got a chance to meet with a buyer, just staying in communication with them and getting a partner because we were a small company. We had to start working with a distributor company. That's what they're called. And they're the ones that handle all the logistics. We ship them product they take care of all Target related things. So they make sure that there's inventory at Target getting to where it ever needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we don't touch it. They don't trust us to touch it. They're <laughs> like, get get an expert and then we'll talk. So we talk to them. They're like, all right, you're good to go. Here's your meeting time. Go meet with them. And then we had to do the pitch. So it was it was like our Shark Tank moment. We're like, and that's Thagos. (laughs) And then they were like, okay, well, no answers yet. We let you know. Basically, we waited about four to five months for their response into the next year. And once you're accepted, they're like, okay, you're going to be placed at the end of the year for the fall catalog. And so basically, it took two years to get in. 
So is it an exclusive deal now? Like you can only buy your products at Target or your e-commerce store? It's a different deal for every product. Okay. Right now, the current Dragos that you see at Target is only available there. We'll see about where else we want to stock it at the end of the year. That's when the exclusivity ends, but we'll see. And then Get Loud is available on Amazon as well right now. That one is a non-exclusive. But yeah, we, we'll see which ones they can accept next. And in general, our products are, are still online. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's such a monumental thing to do. And especially it, with such like a bootstrapped organization, like it's not, you have family working for you. Like that is the coolest thing ever, you know, being able to not only create your own legacy, but then bring other people along with you. I'm curious now in your almost five-year journey as an entrepreneur, what's the biggest lesson that you would share with people who are in various stages of their journey who may need some additional encouragement? There's a few things, I guess. Yeah. Share them all. When, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say these are the things that I wish I knew when I was first starting off. I'll start, start it like that. Get a really good lawyer and accountant that you can trust. They know what they're doing. They probably work in the same space and you don't need to talk to them every day, but they should always be a phone call away to really help you with budgeting or like trademark questions. These were all things I try to do on my own, just Googling YouTube, but it's way better when you have those two people in your court right away. I'd also say don't hire friends and family right away. <laughs> Unless someone is going to work really late nights with you and they want to be like that co-founder, it's hard for people to put in as much energy as you for your baby, aka your business. And so things can get really stressful when you're putting in all this work and you have to yell at your friend or family member to be like, what are you doing? Not good enough. Like <laughs> gets really awkward at yeah. like holidays. <laughs> But yeah, and then it gives you kind of time. You don't want to like hire anyone desperately or because you guys are good friends. If you're going to hire someone you know, then they should go through the same process. Give them questions and like look at their background, give them tests, trials maybe. So that's something I now do. And then I would also say networking. This is something I'm just kind of learning on the later side of my journey so far. I've always been like a very behind the scenes person. I love creating. I love doing everything in the background. But when you're the face of your brand, people need to see you on screen, off screen. You show up to every networking event, go talk to everybody in the room. And it's so not me, but I think you do what you got to do and you get comfortable with it because your number one job as like CEO or founder is marketing, even if you have a marketing team. So I'd say those are the top three things that I've taken away for this journey so far. That's brilliant advice. I'm curious, what advice do you have around taking care of yourself, you know, mentally, emotionally on this journey to entrepreneurship? Because I always tell people, if you want the ultimate lessons in personal development and to just face all your bullshit, go ahead and start a business because you're going to face every single trigger and trauma that you've <laughs> ever experienced in your life. So how do you navigate that? I feel very lucky where I am right now. I think it might be just the support system around me that has really helped me go through the last four plus years. Because for one, it's a very lonely journey. I think having other entrepreneur friends is really helpful. 
and something that I've looked for because it's not just like anywhere, <laughs> you know, you have to like kind of find your network and your community of certain types of people. So I'd say my entrepreneur community has been very helpful because we just talk about everything that we are so get so frustrated with they, day to day. It's always something and they get it. Being in a relationship and an entrepreneur, they get it. So it's it's really nice to have those kinds of friends to talk to. But then like also family and, and friends in general, you got to surround yourself with with people that love you no matter what, even if you spend like a month plus without seeing or talking to them because you're so busy doing what you do. So I'd say my closest relationships are with the people I barely see, but they get it. And it's like no time has passed when we see each other. And then like my own mental health day to day, I think I've practiced for a long time being very kind to myself. And it's advice I'm always giving to friends who don't do this. I talk to myself like I'm two people sometimes, which sounds crazy, but like whenever I'm like, oh, you fucking idiot or like something like that, like you dumbass, you, how did you forget this? Or how did you not do that? Then Mimi will be like, that is so rude. How dare you? <laughs> or like, you know, I speak up for myself <laughs> yeah. and then the other me will be like, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I love it. Multiple personalities is necessary here, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't know people, they try to be so nice to other people, but then they could be so mean to themselves. So I try to be kindest to myself and I take my time very valuable. It's my highest currency or like form of payment. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of like always making sure that you're your top priority and having that mindset makes it easier to then do the other things that people say help with mental health. Like, oh, you know, go for walks and go do this and go do that. It's like, it's hard to even want to go for a walk if you don't think that you deserve it. So it's always just being nice to you. What does Carolina need today? You know, like, like that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I love what you're doing with your brand and your business. Tell us where we can find you, social media, website, the whole thing. And yeah, we need y'all to pick up this game for Christmas. Okay. So if you're listening to this right now, this is your sign to go and go and buy these games. Oh yeah. I really appreciate being on here. Yeah. You can find us, uh, well now at Target. You can find the Target version of Tragos in English and Spanish. You can find Get Loud there now as well. We're also on Amazon, on our tar uh, Tragos website, and on social media. We're on all of them, but mainly on Instagram and TikTok. You'll find me embarrassing myself there. <laughs> the handle's at Tragos Game. Amazing. Carolina, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of your gems with the audience. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start. That's yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.